0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and delighted to have you with us. As we head into flu season and what has been an unending season of COVID, there's considerable confusion still about it all, and I'm going to stick to politics and economics. I'm in no way qualified to tell anybody what to do when it comes to medicine of any kind. So here's what my wife and I've done. We took the flu shot a couple of weeks ago and still haven't made up our minds about the COVID vaccine. And even some doctors, I understand, are on the sidelines, at least to this point. Deb and I aren't fence-sitters about much of anything, so we'll pretty much do what our family doctor ultimately tells us to do. We're a little older, and we've gotten here with God's blessings and listening to our doctors, so there you have it. For younger folks, I do know this is a much tougher choice for you all, and our government isn't being real helpful about a lot of areas, and vaccines are one of those. And as always, Joe Biden is spreading confusion and consternation of his own special brand, declaring the COVID pandemic is over. Ended. But wait, didn't he already do that? Well, yes, he did. So what's the deal? He still gets to keep all those magic superpowers that he has because of the COVID national emergency, so I don't think he'll relinquish those powers until maybe after the midterm elections. What do you think? Or maybe never. The Marxist Dems are driving hard to win these midterms in the final weeks. But by most marks, the Republicans are putting together that wave election we've all been talking about for months— And one of the three most important states is Arizona. Republicans running strong and running for the all-important post of Attorney General is Abe Hamaday, our guest today on The Great America Show. Abe is an America First candidate. He's endorsed by President Trump, a veteran, a former prosecutor, and fighting to defend our borders, secure electoral integrity, and uphold and defend the Constitution abe it is great to have you back with us on the great america show i've got to ask you this first as once a police and fire reporter about the phoenix police department seizure of a million of the deadliest pills known to man all fentanyl the border wide open and its open season on americans who are being poisoned by the hundreds of thousands this is getting far worse not better right no
0: absolutely and you know fentanyl is affecting our communities not just in the cities but it's going in the suburbs and rural areas and you know lou i think how we tackle the fentanyl issue almost all of the fentanyl is coming from one area which is our border and i was just down in yuma uh, the other week actually and what you're seeing is our border is just absolutely not secure. So the fentanyl, what's really interesting is, you know, we're talking about a lot of these illegal immigrants who are coming across and they're being processed by border patrol and they're being put on buses. And most of those illegal immigrants, to be honest, they're just, you know, they're coming from Russia, China, India. I mean, I I witnessed every sort of ethnicity. But what we're not talking about is that since so so, so much of our resources is focused on processing those illegal immigrants, the drug cartels are now... What they're doing is they use them as a distraction to put the fentanyl, walk them across the desert because so much of our resources is focused on on these illegal immigrants who are just waiting to be picked up by Border Patrol. So that's where most of this fentanyl is coming from. And obviously it's manufactured in China, but I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, fentanyl is plaguing our schools. I mean, if you're looking at the candy colored fentanyl that, that is now coming in time for Halloween, they're really, it's, it's quite shocking how quickly this has has become uh, a plague in our communities. As a prosecutor, you know, a few years ago, it was methamphetamine. That was a big topic. Now it's shifted to fentanyl. Almost all of these cases, you can tie to have some uh, fentanyl lacing in them. So it is exceptionally worrisome, but a million fentanyl pills. I mean, this is a weapon of mass destruction. It is a poisoning and it's, it's time we take serious action to secure our Southern border so we can protect our communities.
1: But we've known for at least two years now, I think three really, that this was the number one killer uh, for young people uh, 18 to 45. And that crosses a lot of socioeconomic uh, divides. Why is it that this, in the local area, the state area, this is not a priority? I mean, we're, we're talking about as many as some experts say as 200,000 fentanyl deaths a year. 107,000 were reported last year uh, in opiate deaths but these numbers are staggering.
0: Yeah. And it's, you're talking about just the deaths, but if you look at the addiction, the numbers are just much higher. And, you know, we're looking at the rise in homelessness, the mental illness that's coming in. A lot of it can be tied to this uh, fentanyl drugs and, you know, lose something in Arizona. What we have is, we classify fentanyl as a narcotic drug instead of a dangerous drug. So you know, actually, it's a lot less of a, it's more lenient sentencing as a, a narcotic drug versus a dangerous drug. That's something that I want to tackle on when, I, when I'm attorney general. But, you know, this is, we've known about it for a while and it's, you know, it's come, it came upon us really quickly. It seems like, and now that they're targeting children, you know, it's, it's really frightening. And this is where so many people are worried uh, that their, their children are going to be affected in their schools. I mean, fentanyl is going to schools. I don't know if you heard about the toddler death. I think that, that there was a toddler death in, in another state where they simply touched some fentanyl that was in the back seat of the nanny, and the child died. I mean, this is what's really scary. And if you're looking at the drug cartels, are making a lot of money off of this. the The pills used to cost twenty dollars a fentanyl pill and now it's gone down to $2 a pill. And the reason why is because, I mean, they just have manufactured fentanyl pills um, like never before, and they're trying to get everybody addicted to it. So this is where we have to start looking at fighting back the this fentanyl crisis, but it really starts with securing our Southern border. And that's why it's such a such a top issue for myself and a future governor, Kerry Lake.
1: Well, a, a present governor, Greg Abbott, has declared the Mexican drug cartels uh, as as terrorist organizations, he's ordered the Texas Department of Public Safety to engage now. And I don't understand why Arizona hasn't done the same thing. I don't understand why there's not a national discussion about this. And I sure don't understand why the Department of Homeland Security, Customs, Border Protection uh, and all of the other agencies uh, within these departments of this Marxist, dim, driven uh, administration and Democrat Party aren't reacting better and why the Republicans aren't, uh, you know, nailing their hides to the wall on it.
0: And you're absolutely right. And it's it's an issue that unites every single American. So I applaud Governor Abbott for declaring them terrorist organizations. That's been a central theme of my campaign for a while. When I'm Attorney General, I'm going to work with the legislature to declare the drug cartels as terrorist organizations. And with that designation, Lou, we will have enhanced sentencing on them. We will be able to seize their assets. So, you know, there, there's actually some teeth to it. And Arizona has that ability to do that because under current law, we use, we use the U.S. Department of State's definition of terrorist organizations. And as you and I both know, that it's been politicized so this is where now, arizona we have to get a lot tougher with the drug cartels because they're sophisticated operations the drug cartels they're the ones profiting off of not just putting the fentanyl into our country but they are making a lot of money by smuggling illegal immigrants and making sure that they have passage uh, to come to the united states i mean they're taking 10 20 thirty thousand dollars depending on the country of origin so it's a very sophisticated machine that they've got going and they have i mean they have a balance sheet that's probably bigger than most states and most countries so this is where you know, we have to start working with with our, our law enforcement officers. You know, federal the federal government is not here to help. But uh, what I'm looking forward to doing is working with Governor Greg Abbott, um, Ron DeSantis in Florida as well, and you know some of these uh, other border states or other Republicans states who actually care about what's going down our southern border, because we ultimately know that what happens in Arizona and Texas doesn't just stay in Arizona and Texas. It goes all across and affects every single other state. Every state is a border state right now. So I applaud Governor Abbott. This, uh, this declaration of the cartels as terrorist organizations. That's something I will work on and I will get done when I'm attorney general.
1: And why aren't all four states doing that? I mean, this is not a partisan issue. This is a life and death national security issue. Uh, and only, only Greg Abbott has acted. Uh, not New Mexico, not uh, you know, Arizona, not California. It, it just, it makes no sense to those of us who know what the the politics of this thing are. Uh, is there a let me put it this way. Is there a hesitation because of the election and you don't know exactly and I'm not talking about you, but the Republicans don't quite know how the electorate will triangulate uh, these uh, very difficult, uh, hardcore issues?
0: Um, I, I think it actually, from all the polling we suggest, classifying the cartels as terrorist organizations is such a winning issue, Lou. Nobody has any uh, real sympathy with the cartels. I think what certain people, you know, in the Republican Party and, and the Democrats, they don't want to anger Mexico, for instance, they don't want to anger some business interest down there. And I think that's the hesitation possibly. But I mean, if you look at California, New Mexico, I mean, they are so they don't even want to acknowledge that there's a border. It's beyond a border crisis. It's a border disaster Lou. So I think that's the hesitation is they don't want to anger, you know, one of the number 1 trading partners within some of these states, which is Mexico. But, you know, ultimately, when you have deaths that are occurring. All across our state, I mean, it's my job as attorney general to uphold the rule of law, to uphold the constitution, but to ensure the safety of Arizonans, and that's why, you know, I'm, I won my primary. I seem to have stunned so many people, Lou, and I remember talking to you, you know, before I won it. But you know, that's what's unique about me. I'm not beholden to any special interest or. You know, anybody, I'm just beholden to the Constitution of the United States and Arizona and the people of Arizona. So, you know, I can't say why they haven't done it. But I know that when I'm in office, I will be a lot more aggressive in tackling this issue.
1: Well, good for you. And it can't it can't happen. Uh, And I know you'll agree with this statement. It can't happen soon enough. You're uh, taking office because that's precisely what's required. And by the way, uh, if we have people in this country who continue Uh, To put business interests ahead of the national interest, business interests ahead of our middle class and the health and welfare and uh, well-being of American citizens. Uh, We're doomed. This is this has to be the end of all of this nonsense uh, on the part of the Democrats. Uh, And I don't understand even I'm not asking you to speak for the entire Republican Party. But what I don't understand is why the Republicans are not hammering Joe Biden. Uh, for his alignment with both the Chinese uh, and the the government of Mexico and the drug cartels because he has turned that border I think you I'd like to know whether you agree. He has turned the U- US border with Mexico over to the Mexican drug cartels has he not?
0: Absolutely and Lou when I was down there last week in Yuma I mean you there's literally government documents that are printed by Mexico that tells illegal immigrants how to get into United States. I mean, they, it's in it's in Spanish. They actually give them residency, permanent residency cards of Mexico for some of these uh, Guatemalans and Cubans. So and they all they all leave them uh, before they enter United States because then, of course, they can't claim asylum. But the, the government of Mexico, they need to They need to get a handle on this. And that's something that President Trump did so effectively. He was able to negotiate with Mexico and put them on notice. But I mean, you're right right now. You know, President Biden and Kamala Harris, they, they don't think – she literally said that the border was secured. And the next day, I was down in Yuma, and I literally witnessed, you know, dozens of people, 50-plus people, just waiting to get on a bus. I mean, they're not even evading law enforcement, Lou. This is how open it is. I mean, these people – they're just evading all of our immigration laws and just walking across. They walk around our—you know the, the border fence. You know, the border fence that Trump wall is beautiful, but it's only – uh, effective if it has enforcement, so under President Trump with the remain in Mexico policy, you know, we would actually make them stay in Mexico. We'd re- we return them for right now. What we're witnessing is only about 10% of those who are coming into our country. Are actually being returned, so you're having if you have two hundred and forty thousand border crossers i mean you 're keeping a vast majority of them over two hundred thousand who are remaining in the country being put on buses being put on planes and being put on trains and spread throughout the united States and then the media hysteria when you saw, when you, when you saw that a few dozen of them went to martha 's vineyard it 's already happening Lou they just don 't want it to happen in their backyard because for them for the elites and the media it's out of sight out of mind but you know, the Americans are gonna, I think this election's gonna shock the hell out of the media because I don't think they understand that, how fed up the American people are to being gaslit right now and about that we have a secure border, which we do not. And this is contributes to the fentanyl crisis and so many of the other issues. I mean, look at the terrorist watch list, how many border crossers have been on the terrorist watch list. The entire world recognizes that there's a national security vulnerability and they're gonna take advantage of it, Lou.
1: Yeah, and are doing so. I wanna ask you a a question of proximity because you were there in the the great state of Arizona, uh, the Arizona Republic, uh, the uh, what would we say four major uh, television markets. How are they pro illegal immigration or pro amnesty or are they pro border security for the state of Arizona?
0: The Arizona Republic is a garbage newspaper out here and all they do is spend attacks attacks on me and Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham, Blake Masters, all they're doing is trying, they're basically the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. And they actually, at one point, they refused to publish any statements by me or Kerry if we talked about the border being an invasion. I mean, they they are so far removed from reality, Lou, that they, you know, this is where journalists have such an important role to play. I mean, they, they really determine so much of how the public thinks because they put out there what they want um, the people to know. And this is where I've said they are the propaganda arm of the left. And it's clear as day. It's, you know, they refuse to cover the story. Accurately, They want to ignore the, the crisis. But, you know, the newspapers and the, uh, the TV stations out in Yuma, they do a pretty good job, actually. Um, and it's because they have to live with it. The ones up in the Arizona Republic, they're in Phoenix. For them, it's far removed. And, you know, they buy the entire the D.C. elites narrative that there's no crisis. But I mean, I, I'm telling you, anybody who goes to the border and spends any time down there. When you see it, it is co- I walked behind the border fence I mean, it is it is completely open. There is there's nothing in the way it's it's completely open. And the federal government is doing this intentionally. And I think that's something we have to remember that this didn't come out of nowhere under President Trump. I mean, about the border crossers were limited to about 20 or 30,000 a month. And now it's ballooned to 10 times that number. This is unsustainable. But I mean, this is and look at how many uh, the gotaways that have come across. I mean, the rest of the world. They, you're right. They they already are taking advantage of it, and in, in, uh, our adversaries are as well. So this is where it's such a key issue on my campaign, Lou. Because I saw—I don't know if you saw—Governor Doug Ducey he put those shipping containers down at our southern border, and uh, you know that's a good step. But I'm just wondering why hasn't that been done before? Right? We need to we need to at least limit the border crossers in certain areas so we can shift our resources to focus on the priority areas. But this is something that we have to tackle on at the state level because the federal government refuses to act.
1: And of course, there is the hazard that they will, the cartels will convert those containers into motel Uh, sixes. It's there's got to be, as you say, enforcement, Uh, just simply putting up a barrier. is not going to get it. Uh, I want to turn to, if I may uh, here, you and and, uh, masters and Lake. and uh, we're all running sort of together. Are you still? Is there that solidarity uh, amongst the top Republican candidates for state office?
0: Absolutely. I mean, get Governor Kerry uh, Lake and myself, we did a press conference. Um, we both got the endorsement of the Arizona Police Association. Um, and some of these other top law enforcement organizations in the state, we did a joint press conference, the media. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but they had a total meltdown because, you know, me and Kerry just took them to task. They had their tails between their legs at the end of it. But, you know, this is where I tell folks, this is this election's unlike others. I think before you had candidates who were really running because they were desperate to be politicians. I think all of us are not. I think we're all outsiders and we're just desperately worried about our country, Lou. So. Everywhere we go, I mean as you see on on even on your show right now, I'm promoting all of them. I can't do this alone, Lou. I need people like them with me. I need people like you. We need to get the message out. So this is what's so unique about this November. This America First uh, movement is really, we're all together in this. We all recognize it. And we it's going to take us, it got us decades to get us in this mess. And I think it's going to take us some time to get us out of it. But we really got to start by having good people in office. And that's why I'm so excited to be working with, you know, future Governor Kerry Lake and Future U.S. Senator Blake Masters, because we need to have uh, some good, some good representation in D.C. But again, I think the states are the ones who have the most power, and I think that's why the media is so concerned about Carrie and myself. I think they recognize that you know we're not we're not playing by the same old rules that have that have been operating. We're we're going to do things different. And we're going to be bold.
1: Well, if there's a county, uh, and there are many counties across this country that need to be investigated for their electoral. Uh, irregularities and anomalies i'll put it that way it certainly is maricopa county uh, and pinal county has a lot to <laughs> a lot of questions as well but to that end how confident are you in a secure election an honest election and the capacity of the republicans and and good arizona citizens to uh, assure that there is no rigging here uh, as uh, there obviously was in 2020.
0: Right. I think it's a a big concern of mine because you're right. Look at Pinal County in the primary. I mean, it is unacceptable, Lou, that they ran out of Republican ballots. Right. And what's worse, I don't know if you saw before that, they actually were sending ballots without the correct city, uh, municipality elections on them. So it it, it was such a disaster, Lou, that, you know, I think for the media and the the Democrats to constantly gaslight us by saying that we have the most safe and secure elections, it's a complete lie. I mean, if you look at, I mean, this has been going on for so long. Look at Florida versus the 2000 election with Bush v. Gore, right? But suddenly now, you know, it's so offensive. My opponent says I'm I'm a threat to democracy. You know, this is, my opponent is is a professor. She has never practiced law. She's been a former journalist. She's a professor. And here I am. I've actually served my country overseas. I'm a former prosecutor. So I don't want to be lectured by a professor who sits behind her desk in the teacher's lounge telling me that I'm a threat to democracy. I've actually defended it. So this is where, you know, we're not, we're not playing by the rules anymore, Lou. And you're right. I mean, this election, I think, is so critical because in order to prevent some of the fraud, I think we need to overwhelm it. And I think we need to have as much Republicans get out the vote. So. You know, no matter the, well, no matter the irregularities, at least it's overwhelmed by Republican support. And I think right now, independents, Republicans, and even some Democrats are absolutely fed up with these Democratic policies, because we've seen what they've done, Lou. I mean, look at California. California is the epitome of a Democratic policies. And look at San Francisco, Los Angeles, or go to Chicago and New York. When you end cash bail, when you say that homeless people can sleep on the streets and they can defecate on the streets and there can be needles in, on our streets and that we're going to force hotels to have their vacant rooms house homeless people i mean it's an embarrassing policies they have rolling energy blackouts in california right now this is third world country stuff and it's all due to a result of these democratic socialist policies so you know it's clear as day and i think this is why i mean lou if the polling that we're looking at Is we're winning his we're going to, I think we're going to have the chance to win Hispanic voters. I think they are absolutely fed up. And I don't know if you saw an article in the Atlantic journal constitution, but they were talking about Stacey Abrams is having a hard time with black voters in Georgia. I mean, it's, it's interesting how, how the America first movement, it really is about America. We don't care where you came from, what ethnicity you are, or what social status you have, but we're going to put the American people first. And I think everyone is recognizing that right now.
1: You know, people forget that Donald Trump nationwide won almost 40 percent of the Hispanic vote in 2020 and still managed somehow to have a deficit uh, with Joe Biden. How about that? Uh, He also had better numbers uh, with the with African-Americans. And there is sort of to me, it's sort of a peculiar atmospheric around these issues because, you know, African-Americans, black people. They want safety. They want security. They want jobs. They want the yep. opportunity to build a business. And they don't want any more of this uh, socialist nonsense. I'll call it what it is. It's communist nonsense. These Marxists have taken the Democratic Party to a place I don't think they'll ever recover from. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the Republican Party will, as you are absolutely advocating, will have to be vigilant and energetic on November 8. Uh, do you feel that you've got enough poll workers, poll watchers, attorneys out there, trained, ready to go?
0: Right. I think Chair Chairwoman Kelly Ward has been doing a fantastic job at training these poll workers and poll observers. So, you know, I think right now we're in a very good position. And even in the primary, we were in a much better position. Uh, 2020, we were caught off guard, but we're never going to allow that to happen again, Lou. And, you know, I'm glad you're talking about so much of these issues because... You know, this is a cultural war that we're fighting right now, Lou. And I think people recognize how damaging, you know, you're right, these Marxists, these socialists, the Democrats have gone so far left that they've even lost people like Bill Maher. I mean, Bill Maher has basically become red-pilled. And uh, this is where I'm optimistic, because ultimately the Republican message is about common sense, about American strength and the rule of law. And all the Democrats want to talk about is environmentalism, climate change, reproductive rights and voting access. But this is they're so far removed from reality. You're right about black Americans. You know, they don't want the defund the police movement, you know, the ones who are advocating that are usually the ones in the universities. It's usually this 50 year old white women professors. Those are the ones who are advocating for defunding the police. Like my opponent surrounds herself with uh, proponents of that. So you know the one this is why Hispanics and, and, and blacks, they've actually come out for Trump and for Republicans this election cycle is because they're the ones being hurt the most by these democratic policies. And they're the ones who want opportunity. But in order to have opportunity and prosperity, we first need security. And that's exactly what I intend to do as Attorney General Lou. But you know, I need I need all the help we can get. And uh, you know, I can't do it alone. That's why I'm excited that we're gonna have a really good legislature hopefully next year, along with a great governor and a good US senator, because we, we have to we have to tackle all these issues together. And you know, we gotta secure elections and that's why we need Mark Finchman there especially because he's running up against literally the election official who got fired from his last job in Maricopa County. He got voted out by the voters. So, you know, it's, it's, this is a, this is a do or die election. I think every one of us recognize that right now.
1: And it does seem as you, as you advocate for these fundamental values, American values uh, and state values, uh, the interest of Arizona and the nation. Uh, it, it seems to me from, you know, admittedly from afar, uh, it seems to me that if there is a, any American with a triple digit IQ, uh, has a love of this country uh, and is principled, that they will be voting Republican because no one in their right mind could put these these Marxist dims in control for another minute. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. And thank you, Abe, for running for office. And, uh, and I know you're going to win. I wish you all the best of luck in the, and the state of Arizona, all the best of luck. Uh, you're a great American. Thank you, sir. And, uh, God bless you.
0: Thank you so much, I Appreciate it.
1: Abe Hamaday running for attorney general in the great state of Arizona. Thanks everybody for being with us. And tomorrow here, our guest will be Sheriff Mark Lamb trying to keep the law in one of the biggest counties in America. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.